Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, our Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And yes, the Cubs did lose both games of the doubleheader today. They are still in 10th in the draft. Still in 10th. But 4-5-2 puts them in 10th. 4-5-1 puts the Rockies in 9th. 4-4-6 puts the Nationals in 8th. Um, but this is not about the standings. This is more specifically about if there is a roster move that needs to be made. I use the need with a very, very small N, not a capital N. But if there's a roster move that needs to be made, what should it be? Now, I'm specifying in regards to, back about two weeks ago, the Cubs were on the verge of calling up Michael Hermosillo to the Major League Club as soon as there were any trades. Well, there were trades, but Michael Hermosillo didn't get called up. Michael Hermosillo didn't get called up because he was having a... Mild hamstring concern. It was mild, but it was a hamstring concern. And he needed time off. So he was placed on the injured list at about the most inopportune time possible. Because he would have been called up two, three days later. But rounding second base, ah, my hamstring. He's done for a week. Week, 10 days. Today, he returned to the Iowa lineup. First at bat, double. Second at bat, home run. Third at bat, walk. He's good to go. So I'm not going to say the Cubs are going to do anything right now, right now, right now, because that's usually a stupid idea. It was his first day back, and he didn't even play the whole game. Who was some? Uh, Jared Young came in for him, I think. Late, late, late. But I would imagine Hermosillo will play one of the next two games. And then probably shortly thereafter, he'll be about ready to go to the major leagues. Because when you're crushing AAA, that's what happens. You go to the majors. Easy call, right? Here's the catch. If you would have asked me two weeks ago, which two guys are completely under the gun as far as they have to produce or else they will flip-flop places with Michael Hermosillo when Michael Hermosillo is ready. Seems reasonable, right? You're looking for who is the most logical player to be sent down to bring up Michael Hermosillo. Now, there's a whole bunch of, there's a, there's a spaghetti bowl of stuff. Spaghetti bowl and, you know, some sauce and some meatballs and all that kind of stuff. Or tofu balls, if you're more into that kind of stuff. But as of now, since Rowan Wick was added to the 40-man roster, 
40 man roster is full. 40 man roster is full. The Cubs can still make additional moves, but to make additional moves to add anyone to the 40 man roster, somebody would have to be removed from the 40 man roster, designated for assignment, moved to the 60 day injured list, something like that. Something like that. So, Michael Hermosillo belongs in Major League Baseball. He does. I, I I actually asked the question, are there any postseason teams that need an outfielder? Because Michael Hermosillo is still eligible for being traded. He can still be traded because he has not been a major league player this year. So since he's still a minor league player, he could be traded. So if it got to a point where... Eh, trade him. Could do that. Two minor hiccups with that. One is which playoff contender needs a an outfielder badly enough to want Michael Hermosillo. Fair cop? You know, he's, you're, he's doing well in AAA, but that doesn't mean he ought to be considered a um, main piece for a playoff contender. Just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense now, does it? So, um, which team would want Michael Hermosillo enough to offer the Cubs something enough to make it worth their while? You're not going to trade Michael Hermosillo for a guy who's a 30. I, I, I like using the Fangraphs terminology because for so long, this is something that comes up with me. It's probably never come up with you before in your life. But I get into discussions about trading for players. The Cubs ought to trade this guy for someone. Someone. Um, Dan Winkler was a name I brought up. Actually, I brought up Jake Marisnik back in... Oh, geez, right before he pulled his hamstring. Whenever that was, right before he pulled his hamstring, I had an article, Cubs are a trade this guy. You know, I trade this guy. And people were telling me, well, they won't get anything for him. They won't get any quality for him. And it, it was just fuzzy language, fuzzy language, any quality for him. Well, define quality. Well, you know, quality. No, I don't know. Define quality. So now that I have the... Fangraphs stuff going on. Now that I'm paying attention to Fangraphs and am into their lingo, the guys that they have listed on Fangraphs are the guys who are 35 plus or better. 35 plus 40, 40 plus 45, 45 plus 50, etc. on up. So now, when it comes up, I'm trying to make a trade. Well, you'll never get anything more. Define anything. Well, anything good. Define anything good. Well, uh, I don't know. You, you tell, tell me who. No, no, no. They won't get here. Okay. What I would be looking for, if the Cubs were to be trading, for instance, a Jake Marisnik, if they would get a good 35 back, I would be ecstatic. They got a 35 plus. I'm hyper ecstatic. I'm way over the moon ecstatic. Maybe even, was 
Espinosa even more than that. Anderson Espinosa. He pitched tonight, did okay. Um, but no, if the Cubs were to trade, for instance, Michael Hermosillo, what would they require in return? Well, they'd want, they'd have to get something. Use use the FanGraphs terminology. Look it up. You know, they tell you who the thirty five pluses are, and if it's a guy who's pretty good, but he's not quite a thirty five plus. He's probably a 35. So if you're dealing with a guy who... Would you take a 35 for uh, Michael Hermosillo? Now here's the catch with that. Here's the catch with that. If the Cubs call up Michael Hermosillo, he has like a year and a half of Major League experience. Year and a half! He'd be, he'd be league minimum next year. So you call him up, let him play, and if he's bad, then you designate him for assignment. You, n- no harm. It's not even no harm, no foul. It's no contact, no foul. They didn't even touch him. Nothing. Nothing happened. You bring a guy up, take a look at him. Is he any good? Is he doing well? I expected Frank Schwindel to be horrible. I expected him once he showed off what he had going on, to be an absolutely simple DFA. He's actually getting hits in most of the games he's playing in. He's not an easy giveaway. At least as of now, I got to keep Frank Schwindel around. Janeshwi Fargus. He hasn't been horrible either. There really aren't any offensive players now that are terrible, terrible, terrible. And that's basically what you're looking for. If you have somebody on the roster who is a complete afterthought, we're going to bring this guy in. It's kind of like the, um, let's say you're interviewing for a position and there's someone at the firm who, well, they have a nephew. and Well, you, you got to bring him in. Just, just, just give him an interview. <sighs> okay. We'll bring him in. We'll give him an interview. You give him an interview. He's terrible. You, get, you bounce him. It doesn't matter. Because we said we give him an interview. He was terrible in the interview. We kicked him out. We, we don't want him around. He's not going to be the guy. But if you bring in a guy, claim a guy on waivers, do the DFA wire thing, you bring in a guy, you put a guy in the minor leagues, let's bring this guy up, look at him, see what he's got. Is he any good? Geez, this guy's better than I thought he was. Well, then you don't have to release him yet. See how that works? You don't have to immediately do anything. But if the Cubs are going to call up Michael Hermosillo, and they should, they really should, two things they're going to have to do. One, they're going to have to create a 26-man roster spot. Probably won't be very hard because my guess is with Hermosillo, probably... Was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday series in Miami? Something like that? Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Probably by Saturday or Sunday, Hermosillo might be ready to go. Fair call? It's, what, Tuesday. We'll probably play Wednesday or Thursday and sit the other one out. Then maybe play Friday. And if it's time to go then they'll pull them out on Friday. Seem fair? Then have them get to Miami by Saturday. 
Saturday would seem reasonable. Any sooner than that would probably seem a bit abrupt. So, if Michael Hermosillo does well Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no physical setbacks, uh, you know, still making contact with the ball well, playing well, you know, the running around is fine, all that. By Saturday or Sunday, Hermosillo to the Cubs would make sense. Because after all, if he does well, not only do they have him for this season, like Andrew Romine, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. He's doing fine. You keep him around this year. No problem. He's a shortstop. Romine, Alcantara, eventually end up bringing back Nico Horner. You got enough shortstops. You're fine. You're good. Um, Horner, actually interesting. Wonder when he's going to be back. Uh, possibly, my, my guess on that would be 1st of September because then you get the extra roster spot. Just a guess. But, so, Hermosillo gets called up. You will need to create a 26-man roster spot and a 40-man roster spot. Real, really, the 26-man roster spot's not a problem because probably by then, somebody will have a something. If nothing else, Janeshwi Fargus will have a sore right shoulder or something. Keep him in-house, keep him around, keep him near the team, and as something happens to someone else, he can get brought back easily enough. Not a problem. Or you could possibly send Schwindel or Fargus back down to AAA. Could also do that. Both of them have scads and scads and scads of option seasons. So you could send them back down and still have them uh, back up as soon as somebody gets injured. Because you know... You know somebody's going to get injured in the next, what, six, eight days? Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody always gets hurt. You, you're not going to have a situation where this time of the year, you're going to go seven, eight, nine, ten days without somebody getting lit. Somebody's going to get hurt. So the who's going to be the 26-man roster spot um, adjustment, not a problem. If it boils right down to it, and none of the hitters get injured. None of the hitters can be justified to be sent down right away. And yeah, put in, put a pitcher on the injured list. Send a pitcher down to AAA, whichever, whatever. The bigger question is who does get the DFA? That's really the big question. You you can. Shuffle around this, shuffle around that, shuffle around the other thing. And when I tell people on Twitter, this is my question. I don't want the... The way I phrased it, answer this question like there's $100,000 writing on you getting it right. $100,000 writing on... Now, you're not going to get paid for me. But act like this is a mental challenge you think like all the managers all the executives all the gms all the everybody you've ever heard of what in this situation would be the most logical move to make not i don't like jason hayward so kick him out of the league that's not gonna happen 
They're not going to DFAE and Hap. They're probably not going to DFA David Bodie. So, what you got to do? Who is the player that would most likely be designated for assignment? So, it very well could be a pitcher gets sent down to AAA and a pitcher gets DFA'd or a pitcher from the major leagues gets DFA'd. Either or. Either or. Whichever way. And the goal is to try to figure out what you think would be the proper way to do it. Who is the guy that is... How do I want to phrase it? I, I, I don't think there's anybody on the team that they really want to designate for assignment. And I don't think it's a case of... Yay, Trevor McGill is getting designated for assignment. No, that's 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 a horrible attitude. And I don't think that's where they are. Because all of the players that are on the 40-man roster, there is a viable chance they could figure it out. All it takes is those two or three weeks. All it takes is those two or three weeks, those two or three days. Someone was telling me that I, I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to say what, I'm not going to say which. One of the pitchers in the pipeline at one of the four full-season sites had started doing some warming up with a catcher before the game. And it was before the game. Not saying starter, not saying reliever, but it was, you know, before, you know, a side session, as it were. And the pitcher and the catcher had gone through a bit of the, you know, five or six pitches. The catcher said, no, 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 no. And went out and talked to the pitcher um, for reals. I'll put, I'll put it that way. He wasn't critical of the pitcher. He was more critical of what the pitcher was doing. I'll phrase it that way. And, you know, I, I don't know what exactly he was saying. It wasn't me hearing this. And the person who was hearing this was kind of out of earshot. But afterward, the pitcher was very appreciative of what the catcher had said. And... Since that happened, the pitcher has generally done better. Hmm. It doesn't take all that much, necessarily. If you have a pitcher who can't find that spot in the strike zone, that spot, wherever it is, For Tom Glavin, it was that spot, you know, five or six inches off the plate. And if he didn't get it, he'd stare in at the umpire as if he was going to kill him. Then he'd get the ball back out. He'd throw at the same spot. And then he'd get the call. Yeah, okay. Told you it was a strike. <laughs> but no, what, what happens with a pitcher, they have to get to the point where they can put the ball where they need it. 
The more times they can put the ball where they need it, the better off they are. With Manny Rodriguez. Velocity to burn. Velocity to burn, 98, 99, 100. But if he's not spotting it up, it doesn't do any good. So what he needs to do is figure out how to get the ball, how to keep the ball out of the spots that he doesn't want it in. If he does that, he's great. He's golden. But a lot of the players who are down toward the bottom of the DFA uh, 40-man pecking order you get your Trevor McGill, you get your Michael Rucker, you get your Kyle Ryan, you get your Jake Jewell. I'm guessing those would probably be the four most likely mentioned. Some people might want to throw in Dylan Maples, but when you have <laughs> other people who are far more, far less effective, Maples is safe. You're probably looking at Jake Jewell or Kyle Ryan or um, Michael Rucker or Trevor McGill. And if there is one of those that you're willing to say, A, I'm done with this guy, and B, I'm completely willing to get blamed totally blamed, me totally get blamed if he figures it out in another city. That's what you're saying. If you're willing to say, no, we should DFA this guy because he's not going to be any good. If if that's what you're saying, that's fine. As soon as he turns into the next Liam Hendricks, who the Cubs had on their 40-man roster, but said, yeah, nah, we don't really want this guy that bad. We're going to try to sneak him through waivers. That's what they did. They didn't come through. They lost him on waivers. They would have kept him. I don't know if he would have figured it out with the Cubs or not. But if you were one of the people who said, yes, the Cubs should DFA Liam Hendricks, well, he did okay. So what you're trying to figure out with Michael Hermosillo, bringing it back to the forefront again, if Michael Hermosillo is coming up to the Cubs, let's say next weekend. And I'm telling you, he has earned it. He earned it before he was hurt, and his time since he's earned it. He plays all about the outfield. He runs, he can throw, he can hit, he can hit for power. Now, does that mean he's necessarily going to do that at the major league level? I don't know, but you got to let him play to find out. Had to let Frank Schwindel play to find out if he's any good. Had to let Janeshwi Fargus to play to find out if he's any good. You don't know until you play him. You can't. Oh, man, he's sitting on the bench, and he he looks like he's 6'1", 195, so he sucks. No, you got to let the guy play, or you have no idea. So, Hermosillo activated hypothetically. What are your moves? Who do you get off? Who do you take off the 26? But more importantly, who do you DFA? Whole bunch of different ways you can look at it. You can look at it service time. 
You can look at it. What's his velocity? Is he making pitches right now? Is he likely to figure out how to improve later? And it's not a case of the only justification for designating a player for assignment is because he's horrible and he'll never be any good. That's a, that's a broken mindset. That's a broken mindset that I tend to hear a lot of. It's one of those things where since we're going to have to designate this player for assignment anyway, I'm going to say that again. Since we have to designate a player for assignment anyway, I have to poop drag the person that I'm going to recommend gets designated for assignment. Since we have to DFA somebody anyway, I'd better make the guy look like a complete idiot, incompetent, moron, buffoon that's never going to have a chance. Well, then all you're doing is you're making yourself look like an idiot if he figures it out. See how that works? Forever's a long time. If you're willing to say, I don't think this guy's any good this week, so because I don't think he's any good this week, I'm willing to let him go. Okay, fine. But, uh, again, forever's a long time. So, who is it that you're designating for assignment? If nobody gets injured, who is it that you are sending to AAA? Could be two steps, could be one step. I'm thinking that for a lot of people, Jake Jewell, Kyle Ryan... Trevor McGill, and Michael Rucker. I'm thinking those four will be involved for a lot of people. I think they will be involved for a lot of people if people actually play this out. And I think it's good for you to play things out like that because so often people are obsessed with This and this and this happened in the game. Today, that I saw, or yesterday, the game that I saw. So, because that happened, and since what happened yesterday is a virtual lock cinch guarantee to be continued on into the future, I'm going to go with that. You know, it, for instance, if you decide because Jake Jewell had a bad game in game two, which he did, he had a very bad game. Um, if you're a huge Jake Jewell supporter, you might not want to read the blogs tomorrow because there's probably going to be some uh, poop dragging going on there. But does that mean that Jake Jewell is a long-term bad have? I don't know. Um, right now, the Cubs, Ian Happ's batting third pretty much every game. Ian Happ is batting third pretty much every game. The Cubs don't care about this season. They don't. If it were important for the Cubs to finish with, uh, looks at number 462, if 
It was important for the Cubs to have a 400, uh, 480 winning percentage. If it was important for the Cubs this year to have a 480 winning percentage, Ian Happ would not be batting third because the Cubs would have kept some of their previous players. But that wasn't important. What's important is looking at the players that are presently on the roster, the 26-man roster and the 40-man roster, and getting the next moves correct. Getting the next moves correct. Is calling up Michael Hermosillo a good idea? If it's even remotely possible that he could be in the neighborhood of Rafael Ortega or Patrick Wisdom, even in that neighborhood, since he'd be league minimum next year, oh yeah, you call him up and give him time. You call him up and give him time. You make sure to get Greg Dykeman time. You make sure to get all the players' time. As noticing today that uh, all the bench bats got used in game two, every single one of them. Sergio Alcantara pinch hit for, was it the pitcher? But who, who, what, whichever it was, everybody got used. Everybody got used. There will be players getting used. Uh, come the 1st of September, the Cubs will be able to add two. So instead of it being a 26 and a 40, it'll be a 28 and a 40. Add a couple more pitchers. Add, you know, bring bring up, if you end up sending down Jake Jewell, bring him back up. Look at all of them. And if you get to a point where I'm absolutely tired of Let's say Adam Morgan. He's actually pitched rather well. He's actually pitched rather well. Well, let's say for some whatever reason, I don't like the way his jersey fits around his shoulders, so let's get rid of him. That seems um, catty enough. So so we're, we're getting rid of Adam Morgan because his uniform is wrong. Okay. If pitchers or hitters are cast aside, bring up another one from AAA. Bring up another one from AAA and give them a look. Give them a look because what you are trying to find is players who might be useful on into the future. Possibly there might be a waiver wire player to add. Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. But I'm more interested right now in, for hitters, Michael Hermosillo. If something happens, if somebody gets a five-week injury, hamstring, seems seems possible, doesn't it? Somebody gets a hamstring, put them on a 40. You're done for the year. All right, put them on a 60-day DL. You're done for the year. Thanks. We we appreciate what you did. You're done for the year. Hang around. Don't hang around. Do whatever you want to do. 
we're going to call up somebody else and look at them. Maybe a pitcher, maybe a hitter, either or, whichever. Michael Hermosillo deserves a look. Trace Thompson deserves a look. Um, Ryan Meisinger deserves a look. Dakota Meckes deserves a look. And, of course, there are players who are currently injured. One of these days, uh, Austin Romine is going to come back. Add him to the roster. And that, that's going to cause some more turmoil. Who do you send back down now? Who do you act? Uh, who do you take off the forty-man roster now? Baseball is a slow, deliberate game. I've said that numerous times. It hasn't changed. It's getting slower and it's getting more deliberate. There are still decisions to be made, and the fan that can actually think along with the game in front of the game and realizes, okay, if, you know, wherever the team is, wherever the team is in whatever year it is, what are the contingency plans? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if the other thing happens? What if our second best left-handed reliever gets injured? Then what do we do? What goes after that? Is it before the trade deadline or after the trade deadline? If it's after the trade deadline, is there a way that we can still trade for another player if we need one? Yes, there actually is. But um, I think the contingency plans. Who's next? Who would be available? Which guys from Iowa would make sense if they are to be called up? Because anybody could go down at any time. So who would be that person that would come up if there is an opportunity? And really... I try to do my best at telling you who you should be t- paying attention to in AAA. But if, you, if you're not listening to me, go to uh, your computer and type in Iowa Cubs 2021 stats. And you're two screens away from looking at the hitting stats. And then one more um, screen away from looking at the pitching stats. I don't entirely love the format that they have right now, but uh, it kind of serves the purpose. But you, you, if you look at who is in AAA doing well, those are the guys you want to call up. If somebody's doing well in AAA and there is a vacancy on the roster, that's who you want to call up. As of right now, Michael Hermosillo belongs in Chicago because he belonged in Chicago two weeks ago, before he got hurt. Now, Janeshwi Fargus and Frank Schwindel have done better than I expected they would. Oh, I there there is somebody on the on one of the blogs who Frank Schwindel was going to be DFA'd four days after the Cubs picked him up. Nope, Frank Schwindel got to DFA him. Why him? Well, we just picked him up. Well, why pick him up if you're just going to DFA him? He's like, you know, he's like 31 years old. Why, if you're going to DFA him, he's just going to go play for somebody else. Why, why, why pay the fifty thousand dollars to get him if you don't want him? Well, you're just being hard to get along with. No, I'm asking pointed questions. When a player is acquired, you give him a chance. If he gets to AAA and does well, there's one more place that you bring him to. 
Adam Morgan was doing well in AAA. Cubs called him up. Jake Jewell was doing well in AAA. They called him up. Tommy Nance was doing well in AAA. They called him up. That's how it works. If a player is doing well in AAA, the next step is calling him up. Now, for many years, for many, 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 many years, the Cubs organization was so poorly constructed, the Cubs didn't have players doing well in AAA, really. You know, the if you're the 900 OPS and you get called up kind of thing, you know, that sort of a mindset, you know, like Michael Hermosillo, he's doing really well, call him up. Okay, we'll call him up. Back when, the Cubs didn't have that. You know, maybe they had a guy who was a left fielder only that was hitting kind of well, or maybe a guy who was a first baseman only was doing kind of well or something like that. But the Cubs didn't really have guys in AAA who were doing really well because the Cubs didn't give them time to do that. If a guy was even remotely adequate in AAA, oh, let's bring him up because we're impatient, we're stupid. Michael Hermosillo should be with the Cubs soon. You tell me. Who should the Cubs DFA? What move would you recommend to create a 26-man roster spot if you're not DFAing someone from the 40-man roster? I've talked with a number of people about it online, and I kind of change my mind a little bit. I'm still leaning toward it being mostly pitchers involved in the transactions. Mostly pitchers, mostly pitchers possibly sending down a hitter, but I really can't see a hitter that should be sent down yet. I just don't see a pitcher that should be sent down yet. If Austin Romine comes back and he's healthy and he has to be activated and uh, you know, they have to send down Janeshwi Fargus or Frank Schwindel because, well, not going to DFA Wilson Contreras. So. But uh, when players do well in AAA, the reward is call them up to the major leagues. There, there's something that that does. There's something that that does. When the kids in the AAA clubhouse are watching the Cubs game on the big screen in the Iowa clubhouse. Never been to the Iowa clubhouse, but I'm sure there's a big screen, and I'm sure they can watch the Cubs game on it. They got a 6.30 first pitch. Cubs are playing an afternoon game. They're all watching the game. They're watching the game. You know, maybe somebody's in getting treatment. Maybe somebody's in getting... Whatever. But they're watching the Cubs game. Hey! Manny's coming in. The camaraderie is something that minor leaguers have. Minor, Hey, I remember when that guy was here. Tommy Nance, when he was here. Justin Steele, when he was churning through people. I remember when he was here. It was awesome. 
when you know your team will call you up if you do well. I'm going to say it again. If you know your team is going to call you up if you do well, you know what the you know what job one becomes? Doing well. Because then you're gonna get called up. Manny Rodriguez pitches well, gets called up. Tommy Nance pitches well, gets called up. Janashley Fargus plays well, gets called up. See how that works? For a while, for a number of there there were some pitchers who were pitching well in Iowa that didn't get called up. Well, why didn't they get called up? Shouldn't they have gotten called up? Well, yeah, they should have, but the Cubs for a number of years had a whole bunch of pitchers that they couldn't send down to the minors. The league has rules. Certain guys can't be sent down to the minors. Jason Hayward can't be sent down to the minors. Jake Arrieta can't be sent down to the minors. Zach Davies can't be sent down to the minors. They're on the major league roster. They have to stay there. So the Cubs had a number of pitchers through a number of years. Right now, Dylan Maples is one of them who can't be sent down to the minors. Much of this season, though, the Cubs had enough flexibility so that if this guy was doing well, they could bring that guy up and send that other guy down. Or maybe there is an injury or whatever. So... If players did well in Iowa, they got called up to Chicago. If players did well in Iowa, they got called up to Chicago. Then, come July, they trade half the roster. Now, hey, come on up. Come on up. They even traded for some guys on other teams that were on the 40-man roster. Alexander Canario. He's on the 40-man roster. Not going to call him up to Chicago. Might have to call him up to Tennessee in a couple weeks. But um, when players see if they do well, they're going to get called up. That definitely helps morale in the AAA locker room. Michael Hermosillo should get called up. Who are your choices to balance out the roster? Because you can only have 26 and 40. Maybe you have a different way of looking at it than I do. I think that those four pitchers are probably going to be involved in a lot of people's choices. And again, your decision is up to you. And my recommendation, try to be correct. Try to be accurate. Accurate is good. If you get to the point where, let's say, you are accurate or really close to accurate 85% of the time. 85. You're thinking like an executive. Whereas, if your decision is accurate or really close to accurate, like 4 or 5% of the time, well, you're probably not thinking like an executive, and you probably have a person that you hate for whatever reason, and you want to have them DFA'd, and they keep not doing that because your opinion on what should happen isn't what they're thinking of. 
come up with what you think works for you for Michael Hermosillo. He belongs in the major leagues. Particularly if he does well the next couple of days. Because he deserved, he belonged in the major leagues two weeks ago. At least once all the trades started happening. It's not a good thing for fans to have a whole bunch of players on the roster that really don't appear to be major league creme de la creme type of talent. And as I look at the losing streak that the Cubs have had, a decent chunk of that is because the roster just isn't there. The roster just isn't there. Ian Happ hitting third, Patrick Wisdom hitting fourth, Greg Dykeman hitting fifth, Frank Schwindel hitting sixth. That's not exactly a um, Major League Baseball postseason sort of a lineup. It just isn't. It's not. The rest of this year is assessing the players who are around. If Patrick Wisdom had only been given three or four at-bats. No, we don't want to use him anymore. Cubs would have lost him. Someone else would have gotten him, and maybe would have figured it out for them. Players who get to AAA are actually really good at playing baseball. It's just that Major League pitching and Major League hitters are tough to master. When the Cubs have a bad season like this, it's wise to take advantage of it and get looks at a whole bunch of players. And if there's a guy who, nope, I am done with this guy, this guy ought to be designated for assignment, and I hope you write down that I say he ought to be designated for assignment. Because if in two or three years I am shown to be wrong and he's a whole lot better than I thought he was, I hope you tell me I was wrong. That's the attitude I want to hear. I don't want to hear somebody saying, this guy is bad because he's two for his last 19 at bats. I don't want to hear that. Tell me what he's going to do in his next 19 at-bats. That's what I want to hear. Tell me how good Frank Schwindel or how good Janeshwi Fargus are going to be next season. Are they going to be worth having around? I don't know yet. I haven't figured that out yet. But there are a lot of players on the offensive side that I would have thought I would have been totally good with a DFA, that I'm not good with a DFA right now. I don't want Fargus to go yet. I don't want Schwindel to go yet. Maybe, 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 maybe by the end of September, they will have been exposed and then I'll be able to say, yeah, is is nice for a while, but no, really no. But I haven't seen that yet with Schwindel or with Fargus or with Ortega or Wisdom. They belong so far. Michael Hermosillo belongs as well. Who's your DFA? Thanks for stopping by. Sorry I took so long. And 
be safe, be nice to others, and let me know who the DFA is.